Hi everyone, yes, welcome back to another episode of the Celtic View podcast, your home of all things Celtic and it's been another successful week for the Celtic side with the first team now just one game away from getting their hands on the Scottish Premiership title and it was another successful weekend for the women's team and with me as always to look back on the weekend's action is our Celtic View editor Paul Cuddy. Paul, how was your weekend? Did you enjoy it? I did, yes, ultimately, yeah, it was... Uh... Mixed emotions, I suppose, on the Saturday, I think everybody was a bit disappointed. Um, you saw that in the reaction, post-match reaction from the manager and the players, and then obviously the fans. Fast forward 24 hours and, you know, things look completely different. It was quite an enjoyable Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're obviously starting to put together, you know, the plans for the, the Player of the Year event and, and goal of the season, you know, so there's always a lot of candidates. So I think there was maybe a late surprising candidate on Sunday afternoon <laughs> from a... Technically, still a Celtic player. I know. Can does that, Can you factor that into the the goal of the season competitions if you've got players out on loan? Does that still count? Because they're maybe just a notable mention. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, and this is going to be a massive week as well because we've got all the build up to Sunday in the Scottish Cup semi final at Hampden Park. And to look ahead to that, we've got former Celtic striker Scott McDonald on later on the podcast um, to look ahead to that, but also to look back because it's 15 years this week since he scored twice in the derby in a 3-2 victory and we, we have a, a chat back to that 2008 league title which I think if any of you remember it, it was a, an emotional league title and one that went right down to the wire so it's good to get Scott's thoughts on that but first of all Paul before we get into the stuff for the first team and look ahead to the game on Sunday I want to start with the game on Sunday for the women's team at Hampden Park, a 1-0 victory against Glasgow City, which books their place in the Scottish Cup final, where they're trying to keep a hold of their cup after winning it last year. What an achievement for them to, to get into that final once again. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's been a fantastic week for the women's team. You know, they obviously inflict the first league defeat in Glasgow City, followed up with a 6-0 win over Hearts. Now only two points behind City at the top of the table, so we're well in the hunt for that. And then to play our very first game at Hamden in the semi-final, as you said, we are the cup holders. And, and to beat Glasgow City again to set up a, a derby final against Rangers at Hamden, I, I think it's been a, a brilliant week and thoroughly deserved as well. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, the team in the last week or so have really kind of kicked on to another level, it seems. And we saw that last year when the runs to win both cup competitions, that in these one-off games against Glasgow City and against Rangers, the team can more than match them, they can more than hold their own, and most of the time defeated them. This season in the league, it was about finding that consistency. But, I mean, what a massive couple of performances from them to defeat Glasgow City, to keep the title race alive. And then to go to Hampden Park and to beat Glasgow City again to set up a final against Rangers in the last weekend of May. I mean, what do you think this shows about the team? I mean, if, to be fair, I think that this season, even last season, there's very little to choose between the top three sides. So all the games seem to be really tight. So, you know, there's small margins. And I think going into the game last weekend, the, the team knew that it was a must-win game if they wanted to have any chance of winning the title which they did, they played really well, thoroughly deserved the 4-2 win. I think the midweek game was just as impressive because, you know, playing Saturday, Wednesday and then Sunday, you know, that's 
it's taken a, a toll on the squad, but to, to follow up a, a tough game to win 6-0, yeah. it just shows the, the character of the team. And then I think because, you know, you are getting to that stage where, you know, they're now a team of winners, having won the two trophies last season, you know, going to Hamden, again, there wasn't much in the game, you know, there's very few chances, uh, you know, our goalkeeper produced two, two or three absolutely stunning saves to deny Glasgow City. And, and it was just as well, obviously we beat them in the cup final last season with 10 players. We went down to 10 players very late on in the game uh, on Sunday. But I, I think, you, obviously, every one of those wins just adds to the confidence of the team. They're now, you know, going for a, a League and Cup double. Still very difficult, particularly with the split now, so we've still got to play City and Rangers again in the league. But, I mean, it's exciting. It's what the, you know, it's the whole point of, of putting the, the team on a professional footing. You know, it's the whole point of why these players are coming to Celtic. Um, so it's, it's making for a really exciting end to the season. That's probably the only disappointment on Sunday for Natalie Ross. That, and I'm assuming that she's going to then miss the final or is it kind of the league game? I'm not sure because it was two yellow cards as opposed to a straight red. Okay. So I don't, know, I don't know how that works in terms of... So I'm not sure if it's an automatic one-game suspension. I'm not sure how that... Yeah, um, hopefully for her that there's something in. <laughs> well, she's a key player for us. In I know, because we'd be desperate to have her for the final. So hopefully there's something in the stipulations that means maybe she missed a league game or something and she can she can make that final. But looking at the game then on, on Sunday, um, it was Natasha Flint that got the winning goal, the only goal of the game in the first half. She's certainly started to find her scoring boots since joining on loan from Leicester City in the, the winter window. It was probably a game that it was very evenly matched. Both teams probably created similar amount of chances, similar amount of possession. Um, but Pam Tahanar and our goal also had to pull off some unbelievable saves. And I think what it showed in that game, from my point of view, is that when the players had to step up in every single position, they did that. When they had to defend, they defended. When the goalkeeper was called upon, she was called. Uh, she she was there. When the ball goes into Tash Flint, she scores. You know, everybody just stepped up in such a tight game and a and a game where nobody wanted to lose. And also the fact that they're playing at Hampden Park for, I think, for pretty much everyone in that squad, apart from Natalie Ross, for the first time. So it was a brand new experience for the team as well. Yeah, I mean, the goal itself was superb. The the ball, Caitlin Hayes took the ball from the back and threaded this pass right through the Glasgow City defence and Tash Flint ran onto it and a brilliant finish. I think we scored a goal kind of similar to that uh, before half-time, but Amy Gallagher's effort was ruled out for offside. So it was, a, it was a brilliant goal. And then after that, I think the second half, you know, it was, a, as you say, there wasn't much between the sides. And then we rely on our goalkeeper, to deny Glasgow City late on, and you need that. You know, in these games, we've got a really good goalkeeper um, who will help us out in those occasions. But you know, you could see, you could see the celebrations at the end, just how much it meant to the team. You know, obviously they've got that taste of playing at Hamden and then to come back. But more than that, I think it's more than playing on that stage. It's the prospect of winning again. It's the prospect of of retaining the the cup that we won last year in dramatic circumstances at Tynecastle, and. It's also, you know, it's a big showpiece occasion for the women's game. You know, more teams are becoming professional. It's getting wider coverage in, in the media and or on TV. And you've got a, a big Glasgow derby that you hope that weekend that there's going to be a lot of fans there, you know, a big attendance for a big game, which is a great experience for the players and the chance 
to hold a trophy aloft at, at Hamden? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the final, it's, I think it's the 28th of May, so it's a, the Sunday. Um, so yeah, hopefully it's going to be a, a big crowd then. There's going to be so much football to be played between now and then. But as we sit here now, how would you see that one going against Rangers if, if, if the game was to be played tomorrow? I mean, obviously you're going to say we're going to win. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we've, we did well. The last two, two games against Rangers, we obviously beat them quite convincingly in our home game. And then we scored that dramatic last gas equaliser in, in the, the last game from Caitlin Hayes. So again, as I said before, there's not a lot to choose between the sides. And I think the fact that all three teams, so ourselves and, and Rangers, are both trying to, to close the gap further and catch up on Glasgow City at the top of the table. So I don't think any of the teams are going to be able to just rest players or, or like have one eye on the cup final because they're, they're, they're chasing for the league title. They're also chasing for the top two places for the Champions League next season. So I think that it's quite good. It's almost it's put parked to one side. Um, as I say, I hope it's a big crowd and... You know, I, I think we've got the players, we've shown it this season, we've got players that can perform big game players. So, yeah, you've got to be confident. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's such an exciting end, potentially, to this season. To have that to look forward to. And, yeah, hopefully we're going into that game in the Scottish Cup final. It's a league title as well in the bag. Uh, but, yeah, that's all to look forward to. Um, let's now look back uh, to Saturday and the first team's match against Motherwell as we now kind of look ahead as well to the cup semi-final on Sunday. It was a point gained in the end over the weekend with that 1-1 draw and it now just leaves us in a position where all we have to do is 13 points clear, five games to go, win our next league game and we've got the title again. So we can actually get excited now, we can actually kind of properly count down to it. Yeah, I mean obviously as we're speaking we're still waiting for the, the fixtures to come are, yeah. so people are speculating. We've got two home games and three away games. My, my guess uh, educated guess. We obviously have to play St Mern at home because they've only played us here once this season. All the other teams in the top six, we've already played them twice here. We know we've got the game at Ibrox. I suspect that they wouldn't send Hearts or Aberdeen here again for nothing. They're both chasing that third, that lucrative third spot. I think it would be unfair on either of them if they were to face a third game at Celtic Park. So my guess is the other home game will be Hibernian. That's, that's just what I'm, I'm thinking. But yeah, I mean, I said at the start of the podcast, it's, it was disappointing at the time. It felt like two points dropped, but then subsequently it turns out it's a, it's a point gain given Aberdeen's victory against Rangers the following day. You know, it wasn't, as I said, the manager and, and Callum McGregor, they were obviously disappointed with how the game went. That I think when we got the first goal, you know, we dominated as we always do in terms of possession. We didn't create maybe as many chances as we were used to. If we'd got the second goal, you know, you think it's very difficult. And and I think when teams come here, and that's the first league points we've dropped this season at home, which is a remarkable record, and we've dropped so few points in the league overall. I think any team that comes here, they need that, you know, they need to be playing as well as they possibly can in terms of their game plan, which is always defensive. They need, also need to hope that, that we are not firing on all cylinders. And then if they get a chance, and they only got one chance, that they have to take it. And, and all those things fell into place that... Motherwell got the chance through Kevin Van Veen and we, you know, in commentary and Tom Boyd and I were speaking about it. He, he scored a lot of goals, I think that's 20 league goals for the season now and he got the one chance and he, he did finish it and I think it was obviously frustrating at the time but you know sometimes 
these things can take on a different perspective, you know, once the, the dust has settled in the full weekend. But I don't think it will it will deflect or detract when the players return back of knowing that, you know, for their high standards it wasn't, you know, mm -hmm. what they what they're usually expecting, and they know they'll need to prepare hard and and you know play better uh, come the weekend in the semi final. Yeah, I'm sure if uh, Stuart Kettlewell, the Motherwell manager, was to write the perfect game from his point of view, obviously they would have rather won the game, but it would have been, yeah, have that five at the back, stay really, really compact, stop Celtic's balls coming into the box and people get nicking in at the back post to, to tap it in and yeah, you try and create one chance and score from it and that's exactly what they did. But uh, yeah, overall, it probably wasn't our most fluent performance, our most fluid performance. But you know these things; these things happen. At times, we've been so consistent and so dominant. We're still on course to potentially, if we win our next five games, get 107 points, which would break the record. So, you know these these things can happen. Um, I think kind of main takeaways though for me, I thought Abata still uh, performed well, and it was interesting to see how both he and McGregor worked together in the midfield because it looked as if they were maybe playing a slightly different role to one another and playing as a kind of midfield two and allowing each other to, to run forward and another one would cover. Um, I thought Rocco Vata impressed again when he came on and he showed in the last couple of games that he can certainly put a ball into the box as well. Um, and it was so unfortunate for a couple of chances late on in the match. Um, probably, again, as we're sitting here, we don't know about the injury front in terms of some of the players that could come back for that game against Rangers. You're looking at Jota and Hatati and and Liela Bad as well, so hopeful we might get a couple of those back if we can, because um, they would be massive for the game going going into Sunday, wouldn't they? Yeah, well, I think the manager, I think post match had indicated that you know all three they're all close, but it will just depend how the training goes this week with the three of them. I mean, it's I think one of our great strengths has been the the depth that we've got in the squad. That if if and when players are out through injury, then we've got other players that can come in. But you, I thought Rocco Vata looked really lively, put a couple of really promising crosses into the box. I'm sure O's still having mm. nightmares about that chance late on, but you know, like all strikers, he'll just you know, you just have to shrug it off and come back for more. But um yeah, I mean it's it's all gonna be a big week, you know, building up to this Scottish Cup semi final. Um again it's good that there's no midweek games, the the players can just get away from everything and just focus on the, the work at Lennox Town. Yeah. And I'm, I hear a lot of people now saying as well, maybe that's in some ways it's a good thing to, to have a, a game like that before a big game like against Rangers because it could be a little kind of a little boost to say, come on, we need, we need up a little yeah. bit here. I think I think the standards that the players have set this season are so high and they've been so consistent that, you know, even a slight deviation from that in terms of dropping their first points at home all season you know, sometimes the immediate aftermath of the reaction, it can be an almost overreaction sometimes from, from fans and overcritical. Because you think to, to be in the position that we're in has been has shown a remarkable level of, of consistency and quality all the way through. As you said, we're one win away now from retaining the, the league title, um, which is so impressive. And we've dominated in terms of the league. We've already won the League Cup and we are hopefully, you know, two games away from from a treble but you know we've got the, the biggest of challenges in at Hamden but you know it's one that you've got to feel confident with this team that, of, that they're going to pass that test with flying colours. Yeah yeah this, we are going into that game feeling confident because 
we have been playing such amazing football and also our record in this fixture in the derby has been pretty good of late and we also have that last meeting at Hampden Park to fall back on the 2-1 victory in the League Cup final. Do you think that's something that will play into this game at all on Sunday? Not really. I mean, I'm sure the manager will be asked about that and also the Scottish Cup semi-final last season where we lost an extra time to Rangers. And I think he'll say they're, they're irrelevant because it's only about the game now. It's the game, the 90 minutes ahead. That's the only thing that matters. It doesn't doesn't really matter what's gone before. I think, the, for me, the good thing about having beaten Rangers at Hamden in the League Cup final is that the, the narrative isn't just about the defeat that we had last season. That if we hadn't played them in, in the League Cup this season, then that would have been all the chat about, you know, is it going to happen again? Are we going to fall at this hurdle? Whereas we've gone and we've won the League Cup, we won it convincingly, and so that's what you need to, and then follow that up with obviously the win here. You know, it's always it's always our hardest game. They they are our toughest opponents. You know, they are our nearest challengers in, in the league. So, you know, they'll they will probably in similar way that I suppose we looked at the game after the weekend to your point and saying well maybe it's better to get one of those games out of the way before the big game I'm sure that that will be the narrative from them having lost at Pataudry like that's you know they need they know they need to do better and bounce back mm-hmm. so you know it's I think any time we think about it this week the nerves are going to be jangling <laughs> yeah do you think it's going to be a tight game I mean I, I hope not <laughs> no of course not <laughs> I hope it's uh but history always kind of shows, I feel, particularly the games at Hamden. Apart from that little period under Brendan Rodgers where we won 4-0, um, the, games are, the games always just seem to be quite tight affairs. Maybe not in, in terms of who's dominating, but in terms of the scoreline. And, you know, we saw that in the game in the League Cup final as well, where we're 2-0 up and you feel like you're, you're cruising. It's kind of the same though in the semi-final last year, we're 1-0 up, we then hit the bar, you're thinking you score that, you win the game and then you probably go on and win a, win a treble last season. And these games can just switch on just the smallest of little moments. But you still are really, really confident probably going into it, even if it might be a, a tight contest. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to go. Yeah, know. you hope, I mean, you obviously hope that we absolutely cruise to victory, but to your point, I, th- I think it's you know less likely, especially in a, a game of a derby game and a game of that magnitude, that you know it can be quite close. But I, I think everybody, as long as at the end of the game we're in the final, you know, it's a bit like that the League Cup final that we won when uh, Chris Julian scored. We get, oh. you know, we kind of get took a bit of a battering. Fraser Foster had the game of his life. You know, nobody's nobody's sitting back after that game going, oh, that was terrible. We, we, you know, we were really second best for much of the game. It's all, you know, in those, these games, especially for fans, it's all about winning, you know, how you win. You want to win in the best possible way, but as long as you win and you're in the final, that's the biggest thing. And I think for the motivation, and I'm sure it'll be the same for Rangers as well, is that, you know, the fin- you're going to be playing Inverness Cali or Falkirk. Now, you know, that's with no disrespect to them that, you know, Celtic or Rangers playing either of those teams, you're going to be overwhelming favourites at Hamden. So that's the real incentive as well of, you know, especially if, you know, if we can get there and we'll get a game against, you know, a, an opponent that will be overwhelming favourites to secure the treble. But we just need to make sure we're there. But I think our squad now has a lot of experience in this game because it, when you do look back to that semi-final last year in the Scottish Cup, I mean, it's the team completely... Not completely different, but there's, there's a lot of changes in it this season compared to, to last season. But also, 
that game was the first experience for so many of the guys that we signed in that January and a derby match at Hampden Park from think of O'Reilly and Maeda and Hatati, different people like that. All those players and the ones who've since signed in the summer and then the last January window there as well, all have experience in the derby matches. They've all got experience of winning in the derby at Hampden as well. So I think that as much as I know the manager's going to say that they are irrelevant, but probably it does have a bit of an impact with the players go into these games and they know what to expect and they know how to get through it. They've got experiences of winning and unfortunately losing for some of them as well. So I think that's only going to benefit. And the fact you've got Kyogo scoring five in the last three and I'm sure he's just he'd be desperate to maybe get a hat-trick this time around or something. Well, that'd be nice, yeah. And also to get his 50th goal for Celtic and Celtic Colours. I, th- I think there was a period of, of time where... I'm not sure if people, like fans, enjoyed going to Hamden because we we'd really mixed fortunes there, and I think that changed, you know, certainly in the the kind of quadruple treble era. Brendan Rodgers kind of there was a shift in our, our good fortune, but also I think in our attitude to playing there, and and that kind of mirrored what the fans started to think, and I think that's just continued that, you know, you you go there used to seeing us winning and confident that we can do it, but. As I say, I think the players this week will, you know, they'll probably be reminded that, you know, we, we have to, you have to play your best in mm-hmm. these games to win. But it's just another occasion again. I think we've said it every week. If we turn up and play to our best football, then we'll win the game. Because when you look through the, the teams, we're stronger in, in every position, and we know the level of football that we can play at. It's just a case of. You know, these games all have their own little quirks and their own little instances where things can change. But it just comes down to that fact, for me anyway. If we come out, we play our best football, we win. Yeah. As I say, I always think it's the one game, because there's so much riding on it as well, and there's, you know, we spoke about it before, about how, regardless of who else is the opposition, this is the game that makes people most nervous because it's the one that you want to win. But it's also, I think, part of it is because that's, you know, Rangers are the one team who have players that you know can hurt you, you know, that are capable of scoring goals and getting back into the game and, you know, they'll, they'll kind of hang on in there if, if we're ahead. And, you know, we saw that in the 3-2 game that, you know, it was you know it was a really tough game and we had to, you know, we deserved to win, but we had to really work for it. So I think that'll be the same again on Sunday. So I'm, after after this podcast, I'm going to park all thoughts of Hamden until <laughs> the weekend because I can feel my nails beginning to jangle already. Yeah. Right, last question on it then. <laughs> What's, what, how do you think it's going to go? What's your prediction for it? Well, I quite like the idea of a Kyogo hat-trick, so uh-huh. I'll go 3-1. 3-1, okay. Oh, I've, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to go 2-0. For this one, um, yeah, I don't know. It's so hard to tell, isn't it? You just never know in these games. Like, I'm already starting to feel it already. Because you think everything about me saying, you know, these games are always tight, they're always tense, and it's going to be exactly the same again. But in part, there's a, in part of me inside me going, it's going to be like 4 0, it's going to be 5 0 or something. But I'll go 2 0 for it. Um, as long as we get through, as you said, doesn't matter, even if we're we only have like 10% possession or something. As long as we get through and get to that final, that's all that matters. So, fingers crossed, but it's going to be a long week of just watching the days tick down. Well, I suppose the only good thing is because you've got the fixtures coming out 
that'll because then people will start, you know, then they can start looking ahead as well to, you know, when we can win the league and stuff. So, you know, things like that all I think will help. But yeah, it's, it's obviously it's going to be a big build up because it's a massive game. It's sat. It's going to be Saturday for me. It's like what do I do on Saturday to try and keep my mind off the game on the Sunday? Cause not going to be not going to have any game to to watch or anything. So like, tune in, tune in and watch the other semi final. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I think that's twelve fifteen kickoff, isn't it? Falkirk against Inverness. I'd be interested in that one actually. I don't really know. You know, Falkirk have done really well to get to the semi final. Inverness are still pushing for a, a playoff spot as well. It's a massive opportunity for both those teams to, to get to a final. I mean, Inverness must be the favourites just because yeah. they're a division higher. But as you say, Falkirk to have got to this stage is is a brilliant achievement. But you it's know, League One season. I can't remember if that's still playing at the moment. I take, I take it is because the championship's still got a few fixtures left. The thing is, for either of these teams, if they get to the final, um, I think they'll probably both have playoffs. Inverness might miss out. So if they were to miss out Inverness and they get to the final, that's going to be a long month in May to not have any fixtures at all. They're probably going to go about three, four weeks without having a game. So I think for both those teams, if they get to the final, they'll have to be have that extra incentive to get the playoff to ensure they've got some games. But I mean, those, you know, we're, we're used to reaching finals in Falkirk and Inverness, Cali Thistle aren't, so it's a massive achievement and a massive, I think when the draw was made, I'm sure both those teams mm. were absolutely delighted that they avoided oh, Celtic yeah. and Rangers because, you know, they, that gives them a real opportunity. So I, I, although I think Inverness, Cali Thistle are, are favourites, there's probably not a lot to choose on the day. I think it's going to be a... I think it'll be a decent game, actually. Yeah, I think, I think it'll so. be plenty so. of goals. Um, it's a repeat of the 2015 final. Is that what it was when Inverness won it? They beat Falkirk 2-1 in the, the final because Inverness beat us in the, in the semi. Uh, I think that was 2015, 2014 or 2015. But uh, a repeat of that. It's quite funny how these wee quirks kind of come around. The, the next time they get to Hamden is to face each other again, one in the Championship, one in League One. Uh, but yeah, no, it should be... It should be good. We'll, we'll wait with bated breath to see who we could potentially reach in the in the final. Um, so yeah, now to look back um, or to help look forward to that match in the semi-final, we've got Scott McDonald, who we spoke to, who's back over in Australia at the moment. But also to look ahead to the match on Sunday, we also had a chance to look back to 15 years because it's on Thursday's the 15th anniversary of the 3-2 game here at Celtic Park when he scored twice against Rangers. Um, do you remember that well? Yeah, I remember that that run-in because it, it was, I mean, it was a remarkable achievement to to win, obviously overshadowed by, um, you know, Tommy Burns' death. And I think that obviously had a big impact on the whole squad. But, if, you know, that's the character of that team I think we'd lost here Motherwell, which was actually yeah. Motherwell's last victory at Celtic Park. And then it, we had to win every single game. And then even then, it, still, it was still going to take a mammoth you know, achievement to, to manage to win those games. And then, as I say, the players and the management having to cope with uh, the emotional stress of you know, Tommy's illness and, and death. Um, but each of those games uh, in, in themselves were, you know, a lot of them were really tight, but brilliant, brilliant wins. And I... I a really special title, I think, that's Yeah, it's weird that season, 2007-2008, because I feel like the whole season is literally just condensed into that period of April and May after the 
well, including the Motherwell game, which was the start of April, and then the next, I think, was it seven games that we had after that, which we, which we had to win. Everything else in the season, I kind of don't really remember. If you were to press me on it, I would. But I just feel like that whole season comes down to those two months. It's quite incredible. And yeah, basically we had to go and beat Rangers twice. We had two games against them at home. We managed to do it. Um, I think everyone has amazing memories of, of both those games. Uh, both of them packed with drama for completely different reasons. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was nice to kind of sit down with, with Scott and go back through that. And then obviously look ahead to the to the match on Sunday. So we'll leave it with that. We'll leave you with that interview with Scott McDonald. Uh, I do hope you enjoy the rest of your week and hopefully come Sunday, come Sunday what time's kick off half one? Half so past one. Half past one, so hopefully around half past three. You know, it's the whole point of, of putting the, the team on a professional footing. You know, it's the whole point of why these players are coming to Celtic. Um, so it's, it's making for a really exciting end to the season. That's Probably the only disappointment on Sunday for Natalie Ross, that, and I'm assuming that she's going to then miss the final, or is it, is it carrying to the league game? I'm not sure because it was two yellow cards as opposed to a straight red. Okay. So not, I don't know how that works in terms of. So I'm not sure if it's an automatic one game suspension. I'm not sure how that. Yeah, hopefully for her that there's something in. Well, she's a key player for us. I know because we'd be desperate to have her for the final. So hopefully there's something. Yes, hell, hell, Ryan. Great to see you uh, in what has been another wonderful season for Celtic as a whole and uh, much more to play for. But 15 years, Ryan. Oh, I know there's a few greys in here, but surely not. It's, has it been that long? Find her scoring boots since joining on loan from Leicester City in the, the winter window. It was probably a game that it was very evenly matched. Both teams probably created similar amount of chances, similar amount of possession. Um, but Pam Tahana and our goal. Yeah, absolutely. There was a lot of drama that year. There, there was a lot of ups and downs and how far we had to come back from uh, to obviously win that title. And then obviously everything that was happening, you know, the devastation within the football club that year also, um, which I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on as we go on. Um, but there's a lot more drama going on as well, obviously this season as well, and and, and lots of trophies to, to go for as well, which is fantastic. And a, and a game where nobody wanted to lose, and also the fact that they're playing at Hampden Park for, I think, for pretty much everyone in that squad, apart from Natalie Ross for the first time. So it was a brand new experience for the team as well. Yeah, I mean, the goal itself... Yeah, look, it was wonderful. Um, you know, for me and my family, we've been here now three and a half years. Um, my son's an avid Celtic fan as well and uh, managed to get to a Celtic Rangers game just before he uh, he left three and a half years ago to follow me um, to finish my career, obviously over here in the A-League. Um, and he's been hugely missing it. So um, to meet some of his heroes, particularly Callum McGregor, because he's, he's named Callum, so he absolutely loves Callum. Um, and to meet him personally and, and some of the boys, they, they were absolutely fantastic. Uh, to him and, and to everyone, to all the support and, and Ange and the patience that he had and the time that he took out to do all the interviews. Uh, I even had a had a go at doing your job at, at one point. It's not easy asking the manager questions, is it, Ryan? I can see that. Um, but it was good fun. It was very, it was good fun. And uh, look, it was a wonderful occasion. Yes, yeah, Celtic didn't get the results they wanted, but you know it was a showpiece and and for you know Celtic to you know connect. To Australia on a bigger hole, which it certainly did, and it certainly created waves. While, while uh, obviously you guys were here, and, and it was great to have people, you know, big clubs come over again because obviously with COVID happening, 
Um, you know, Australia was sort of derived of that, deprived rather. Um, so yeah, it was just a wonderful occasion, and obviously we hope to see you again soon. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the final. It's I think it's the twenty eighth of May, so it's a. <laughs> oh yeah, he's sharp. You've just got to be sharp, back, don't you, Ryan? But uh, within within the respectful way, and make sure your your questions aren't silly. But there's many a reporter that have found the wrath of him, uh, you know, quite blunt uh, and sharp, though, which has been very entertaining, to say the least. It reminds me a little bit of a uh, a little guy that that I used to work under at the club as well. Two games against Rangers, we obviously beat them quite convincingly in our home game and then we scored that dramatic last gas equaliser in, in the, the last game from Caitlin Hayes. So again, as I said before, there's not a lot to choose between the sides. And I think the fact that all three teams, so ourselves and, and Rangers, are both trying to, to close the gap further and catch up in Glasgow City at the top of the table. So I don't think any of the teams are going to be able to just rest players or, or like have one eye on the cup final because they're, they're they're chasing for the league title. They're also chasing for the top two places for the Champions League next season. So I think that it's quite good. It's almost it's put parked to one side. Um, as I say, I hope it's a big crowd. And, you know, I, I think we've got the players. We've shown it this season. We've got players that can perform big game players. So, yeah, you've got to be confident. Oh, yeah, definitely. Look, look I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of chaos um, around that and the disappointment uh, amongst the group itself. Um, I remember the game where mother, the mother were down to 10 men and uh, we, we still couldn't score that, even that, that equaliser. And uh, I'd been taken off with 20 minutes to go or so, uh, if I remember. And I think I had a few, I threw my toys out the pram, let's be honest, uh, you know, in front of, you know, the, the, the support. And it wasn't a good thing or a smart thing to do. So I got myself into trouble there as well with, with the manager at the time. Um, but the manager was... Uh, really really good at, at calming situations and um you know amongst all the chaos that was around him uh, making sure in-house that that everyone was was calm and confident and i think what really helped in in that scenario was that we actually had a, a an international break there after that game so we had uh we had two weeks to to jump on to the next game so everyone was able to get away like i remember it vividly because i actually went to rome i went to rome with my now wife um we visited the vatican um this sounds corny as hell but yeah there might have been a couple of little prayers in there i mean being my first season and, and wanting to do so well and desperate for the club like with my history and everything but you you're wanting to to put that to bed and, and and make sure that we could do something special it wasn't about me i'd had a good season up to that point but it's nothing without you know winning things at celtic football club as a whole as a team and and, and putting your stamp on it so um to come back from that, I think we had seven games left. Uh, we were so far behind Rangers, uh, but it was one game at a time. Just keep chipping away. We knew if we could, you know, win those other games, we, we had Rangers to play twice. And and you talked about how pivotal I think the first game was there. You know, winning that two one uh, in such dramatic scenes as well at the end of that game. You know, winning with the last kick of the game, pretty much. Um, you know, ball comes to the back stick and managed to get it back in there for for Yan to score the winner, which was wonderful feeling because I'd missed the penalty. We're going to build up to the next game. So I missed the penalty in that game, which was yeah, horrific for me for about five minutes, thinking didn't know where I was for about five minutes. I, you could have dug a, a hole, you know, 12 foot deep, never mind six at that point, thinking, oh God, I've lost it. Here we go. Um, but managed to dig that, dig a dig back out the hole and uh, and get the victory on the night. And um, yeah, we, we got momentum. We, we just gained that momentum. And I think that first victory gave us confidence that, 
you know, with Rangers coming back to Celtic Park again, that, um, you know, we were confident going into that game. Perspective, you know, once the, the dust is settled in the full weekend, but I don't think it will it'll deflect or detract when the players return back of knowing that, you know, for their high standards, it wasn't mm-hmm. what, they're, what they're usually expecting and they know they'll need to prepare hard and, and you know, play better. Uh, come the weekend in the semi-final. Yeah, I'm sure if uh, Stuart Kettlewell, the Motherwell manager, was to write the perfect game from his point of view, obviously they would have rather won the game, but it would have been, yeah, have that five at the back, stay really, really compact, stop Celtic's balls coming into the box and people get nicking in at the back post to, to tap it in and yeah, you can try. Yeah, it did. It had a lot of emotion uh, riding on it. And, and we knew our season was at play. You know, the, all Rangers needed to do was, you know, get a draw within that game. And, and probably they were home and host, they thought. Anyhow, um, we knew, obviously, there was many games to go. And they had many games as well out with the league. Um, if we could just win this game, then we could see our, we could see light, you know, and we could really push it to the end. And um you know, the drama of that game, you talk about Naka's finish, what a finish that was. Um, then the drama of obviously Queller, you know, being a goalkeeper on the touchline, on the on the goal lines, you know, saving what was going to be a goal for Naka, his second one. And and then obviously the penalty situation where everyone's looking at each other, and who's going to take it and who's the penalty taker. Something wasn't discussed. Um, took it, missed it. One of those things, um, you line it up and, um, McGregor makes a save. He does his ankle at the same time. Um, so he has to miss out for the rest of the season, more or less. Uh, but then we, we get the winner at the, the, you know, at the end of the game, uh, which was wonderful. And that was, that was key to us all season. Uh, as much as we, we, we dropped points in certain games, but we went to the very end. There was a lot of drama in that season in terms of the Champions League last minute goals as well. Um, and in a few other league games as well so we were a team that always believed you know you could say a little bit like this one going to the end all the time Celtic teams have always had that that history of doing so and, and we were certainly no different other players that can come in but you I thought Rocco Vaca looked really lively put a couple of really promising crosses into the box I'm sure always still having players mm. of that chance late on but you know like all strikers he'll just you know you just have to shrug it off and come back for more but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's all going to be a big week, you know, building up to this Scottish Cup semi-final. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I think momentum was building at that point and the confidence was there. And what I didn't mention, obviously, in the first game as well, obviously, Barry, Barry Robson, who scores a winner in this game, you know, uh, laid the foundations within the first couple of minutes of that game. You know, he, he put a, a really hard tackle on Christian Daly at the time and, and it was sort of like, it sort of made everyone wake up and go, right, we've got to get into them. Uh, and it, it, it just, the, the fans become electric in that moment as well. And just one, that, that one little thing can just switch everything. In. And that certainly was a pivotal moment when you look back at it. Um, and we really got in and, out, in and around them. And uh, this game itself had everything, didn't it? It was, it was so topsy-turvy. Um, the VARs around probably don't, score the first one now <laughs> um but at that time you know you know it wasn't so so it's a goal's a goal as they say uh, and look that was that partnership again you know me and yan just seemed to hit it off um from the word go that season and we scored 50 odd goals between us so it was a, a really really good partnership little and large which was something that I was always successful with and I really enjoyed my time with him and uh, it was him who, who who knocked it down on that occasion to to get the the opener 
Um, and then, uh, you know, you think you we can drive on from there and, and, and sort of try and get the second one and, and Rangers come back and hit us with two goals in quick succession. And all of a sudden we see ourselves 2-1 down uh, in the first, I think, 20, 30 minutes of the game. On the 2-1 victory in the League Cup final. Do you think that's something that will play into this game at all on Sunday? Not really. I mean, I'm sure the manager will be asked about that and also the Scottish Cup semi-final last season where we lost an extra time to Rangers. And I think he'll say they're, they're irrelevant because it's only about... Yeah, calming. Uh, in terms of, you know, motivational as well. Um, look, the thing is, you didn't, didn't get to see behind the scenes types of things like you do now. Um, but, you know, nothing too dissimilar to, to what Andrew's like in terms of his speeches at times and, and, and motivation and, and who you do it for and what it's all about and what it means to the people and uh, your families itself and all the sacrifices that they've had to make. That's that's the reason you're here. And, um, you know, just hitting hitting the notes right. Uh, you know, tactics were one thing and we made sure that we got certain things right of what we needed to uh, but when you play each other that often and you know all the players, you, you know what's coming. You, you watch enough of them as well and, and, and vice versa to know, you know, what it's going to be like on the day and what their threats are. And, and you've just got to be better than them on the day. Uh, things were very evenly matched uh, on those occasions as well. Both teams were, had a lot of quality within them. And you had to make sure that you, you hit the ground running and you could, you know, put your stamp on it as a team and as an individual as well and try and make those moments count. I mean, I, I hope not. No, of course not. <laughs> I hope it's... Uh... But history always kind of shows, I feel, particularly the games at Hamden. Apart from that little period under Brendan Rodgers, we won 4-0. Um, the game... Yeah, absolutely, because till that point, I hadn't scored against Rangers. So uh, it was a huge relief. Uh, it was this, the one that opened the gates for me. Um, I had two difficult. I had a difficult game in my first one at Ibrooks where we lost three nil. The second one, I was on the bench, and then obviously the third one, we win two one. And I think grew in confidence from that because I didn't let the penalty kick affect me. I got back in the game eventually. I think it was about five minutes of blurness, and then finally, right, you, you've got to do something here to get get yourself back in it. Um, and I took confidence from us winning that game and, and contributing towards that. And, and then obviously, then you get your goal. And I think from then. If I'm being honest, I've not watched the game back. Um, I, I've got a vivid memory of a lot of majority of my games anyway. If you ask Steve McManus, he's hopeless. He can't remember yesterday. Um, you know, he <laughs> in that game itself, um, I don't think I had any more a perfect game for Celtic in terms of the way I kept the ball and, and everything that I did with the ball was effective on the day. And I think that grows just when you score that early. Um, you have that much confidence within yourself um, on that day and you start taking more responsibility. And I think that's probably what I did in that occasion, you know, for the second goal itself, um, taking that responsibility when probably I could have laid it off, you know, when Aiden plays it around the corner and looking for the one-two, but I, I managed to get my body in, uh, I think it was Christian Daly, and, and roll him and then, you know, hit one, which... You know, it takes a block, but a little deflection. But if you don't hit, you don't score, and um, it ends up in in the top corner, and uh, away we go again. Favourites to secure the treble, but we just need to make sure we're there. But I think our squad now has a lot of experience in this game because it, when you do look back to that semi final last year in the Scottish Cup, I mean, it's the team completely not completely different, but there's there's a lot of changes in it this season compared to to last season, but also. 
that game was the first experience for so many of the guys that we signed in that January and a derby match at Hampden Park. For yeah, it absolutely did. Um, and we knew, obviously, that they had a couple of players as well with injuries as well. Players were dropping for them. So when you see players coming out the game, you know, in that second half, when you start the game and you go, okay, get at them. Um, I can't remember the centre-back who came on. Uh, what was his name? Uh, he was at Charlton prior to that. Um, oh, my goodness. I can't remember his name, but he come on. Uh, can you remember the, the team sheet there, Ryan? For some of them as well. So I think that's only going to benefit. And the fact you've got Kyogo scoring five in the last three, and I'm sure he's just he'd be desperate to... Maybe get a hat trick this time around or something. He, he, yeah, he was on. He was on loan. He come come from Charlton. I'm sure um, had a lot of Premier League experience. But it's one thing having those experiences, but coming into that environment, as particularly at you know half time and whatnot, it was like right need to get at him. Um, and and look, I, I think we had a good second half. Um, it was always going to be nervy and edgy. The longer it went, Rangers were, were going to sit back a little bit more as well and soak it up because they know a draw's enough for them, you know, to probably see it out. They're confident in seeing out the rest of the season and winning every game. We knew we had to win the game. Um, and, and we just kept going. One of the key components of that success at that time, I think we finally found the team uh, that, that we played consistently uh, at the end of that season. Um, so much so that you know, Scott, Scott Brown, who signed that season as well, you know, who was pivotal at the start of the season, couldn't actually get in the team with Barry and, and, and Paul Hartley, who, would, you know, uh, you know, teamed up and, and had a wonderful partnership in, in, in those moments to the back end of the season. He had Nacker and, and uh, obviously Aiden on either side as well. And the back four was, was sort of set with Andy Hinkle coming in in the January window as well with Nails on the other side. And then Caldwell and McManus, who were the two centre-halves at that time. John Kennedy had actually got injured, I think, prior to that earlier in the season as well. But we'd, we'd finally found the formula that was working for us. Um, and, and Sammy was contributing off the bench uh, more times than not also. Um, but yeah, look, it was just a great team performance on the day. And, and, and that whole effort going into those seven or eight games that we had at the back end of the season. Um, and... And then the, the chance comes with the ball over the top. I can't remember who headed it, um, but I knew I was in front of Broad, Chris, uh, you know, Kirk Broadfoot. And, uh, you know, one thing that I always say to centre forwards is that obviously you're in a good position, but if you're not 100% sure and there's, there's contact to be made, make sure you take the contact, you know, at that moment. And, and there was no one better at it than Henry Larson, Ryan, who... You know, at times I, you can go back to replays of him against Lorenzo Amoruso and, and he would slow down as he got into the box. You know, if he wasn't going to get his shot off, he would slow down at that right moment where the centre-half panicking and, and he would rush into the back of him and he would take the contact and it's a dead set pen. You know, and, and that was one of those moments where you get your body in line with the ball and you can see he's sprinting full pelt. Um, and you know you've still got a lot to do because the ball's, I'm only a wee guy, so the ball's up at my neck somewhere. Um, and I just had to get my body in the way. And, and sure enough, he, he rugby tackled me to the floor and, and we get the penalty to, to go and make it 3-2. Yeah, it doesn't matter, even if we're, we only have like 10% possession or something. As long as we get through and get to that final, that's all that matters. So... Fingers crossed. Uh, was I right? Was it was it Charlton as well? Was I right? Watching the days tick down. The only good thing is because you've got the fixtures coming out, that'll because then people will start 
you know, then they can start looking ahead as well to, you know, when we can win the league and stuff. So, you know, things like that all I think will help. But yeah, it's, it's obviously it's going to be a big because uh-huh. it's a massive game. Oh, Barry being Barry, it's like, oh, you are all hopeless. I'm brilliant. I'm the man. I don't even know why I wasn't here earlier than six months ago. I should have been here two and a half years ago. Um, what a character Barry is. And uh, I'm so delighted for Barry. He's doing so well and, and you know, works through the, the ranks at Aberdeen. And uh, I think he's going to be a wonderful manager. He was a wonderful player for us and come in and, and really gave us a lift when we needed it. Uh, and he was wonderful for the whole period. I played, lucky to play with him at at Middlesbrough, where he got even better with age, can you believe? I hope he doesn't listen to this because his head's already big enough. But, uh, it, it, you know, it, he, when the big moments came, he wasn't afraid to take them. And look, I'd missed the one before that. And I remember after the game, everyone going, why did you not take it? You would have been the first. Obviously, Ed, uh, Dembele took it in the end in terms of getting that hat-trick, which lasted for so many years in a Celtic Rangers game. Um and I had the opportunity to do that and get, you know, my name in the history books. But my name was in it anyway. If we could win the league, that was more important than than only individual things and, and missing the penalty the 10 days before it. Um, I was very, very happy and delighted to get it and let Barry do the rest. And he done it brilliantly. And uh, we took the lead from there. We're used to reaching finals and Falkirk member this, Cali Thistle arm. So... It's a massive achievement and a massive... I think when the draw was made, I'm sure both those teams yeah. are absolutely delighted that they avoided oh, the yeah. Rangers because, you know, they, that gives them a real opportunity. So, I, I, although I think Inverness, Cali, Thistle are, are favourites, there's probably not a lot to choose on the day. I think it's going to be a... I think it'll be a decent game, actually. Yeah, I think, so. I think so. I think so. It's a repeat of the 2015 final. Is that what it was when Inverness won it? They beat Falkirk 2-1 in the... The final because Inverness beat us in the same no. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was so many. It was it, like you said. It was so emotional. It was a roller coaster emotion, emotional. God, it was like seven, eight weeks, but it felt like a whole year of work, you know, in, in that moment. And obviously, the sad passing of of Tommy and and what he meant to the football club, but just not just the football, but the the team itself and how pivotal he was to the team. Um, in that moment uh, before obviously taking ill and, and not being able to be a part of it. Then Neil Lennon coming in and, and doing his his role as well and, and trying to, you know, get the boys going. He was wonderful as well and did a fantastic job. But, yeah, it was just – it was an amazing uh, moment and, and obviously going to Tannadice and, and, and winning it on, on what was like a Thursday night, which was weird in itself as well, and the whole build-up to that game and staying in Carnoustie and – uh, not getting a wink of sleep uh, the whole day that we were up there. It was just kind of crazy. And it was one of those games that you don't remember much about it, but you just wanted the full 90 minutes to get done and get out of there and just win, please. Can we win? Like, doesn't matter who gets a goal or whatever. Doesn't matter if we play rubbish. We just need a win because we know if we win, we win the league. Um, and it was just more of a relief than, than, than an enjoyment at that point. Um, but we certainly enjoyed the moment thereafter, that's for sure.
Yeah, look, it's it's been wonderful, and if there's one team that's going to be full of confidence going into this and belief, it's it's going to be us. It's going to be Celtic because of, like you said, previous results, and since their new managers come, you know, into the football club as well, he's not managed to to turn Celtic over or Ange over at the moment. Um, they they've got closer. That they are competing a lot more. They, they've they're they're pressing a lot higher than what they were previous, uh, which is you know causing you know a, a bit of a bit more trouble for Celtic in terms of their build up and their patterns. Um, look, I, I think the last game that Celtic played, it was all about getting you know the the victory and getting the points. And yes, there may have been a little bit of nerve within that, um, but Celtic still dominated that game even though they didn't play particularly at their highest or their potential, um, their possession stats were through the roof. And and once the opportunities presented themselves, they, they took them. And with that man, Kyogo up top and, and his goal record this season, uh, he's been absolutely wonderful and uh, a real worry for any team. Um, and I certainly know which team I'd like to be lining up for the, the you know this weekend, that's for certain. Uh, look, being at Hamden, is it a, it makes it a little bit more... Even obviously both fan sets of fans having 50-50 there as well. Um, as a whole, you know, uh, look, I think it's one and one, isn't it, in terms of those Hamden showdowns in the last in the last year as well. Um, but look, uh, you know, Celtic, if if they play to their potential like we've seen, and if they can dominate the game early, get on the ball uh, and and move through Callum, uh, it could be a wonderful day once again. Yeah, absolutely, because it's knockout. So it's a, it's a one-off. This isn't a case of that you, you you lose this game and you can come back from it. It's, it's a case of you're out or, or you lose you lose the trophy. So, um, yeah, there's a lot more riding on it and, and a lot more at stake. So with that, you know, it's who can be the calmest in those moments uh, out there um, and, and play their football to the best of their ability and get on the front foot. Uh, and, and obviously with the... The amount of attacking intent that Celtic have and, and and what they have, you know, at their disposal, even on the bench. Um, look, I fully expect the same as always from Andrew and from Celtic. And I'm really, really looking forward to to the, the contest itself. And uh, look, if you, if you win it, um, you're almost there, aren't you? One hand on the trophy, as they say, but not looking too far ahead. Um, but it would be a, a tremendous season, you know, building into this if they were to beat Rangers and the potential of obviously having a treble, um, which is wonderful for obviously being Australian and Ange being at the helm as well. Uh, it, it would be a, a wonderful story. I, look, I, I love his energy, you know, what he does for the team that you don't see a lot of the time on the television. His movement off the ball is wonderful. It, it's it's an, it's it's elite level, you know, in terms of that movement that a lot of people don't see unless you're at the game, particularly uh, even when Celtic, when Celtic have the ball more when they don't have it. Obviously, we know what he does when Celtic don't have it. And, and look, there's a bit biased, but, you know, everything starts and finishes with with the number nine. 
you know, the way that you defend and the way that you attack. So, uh, you know, he's been pivotal in that. And and look, he's, his goal record this season has been wonderful. And uh, he just knows where to be. He doesn't, at times, he doesn't complicate it, um, which is really, really important. He knows the quality he's got around him and he finds those spaces in the box. And, you know, if you give him an inch in there, you're in trouble. Uh, and that's been proven this season. And, you know, even the last couple of goals that he scored, have, have, he just keeps getting better and better, doesn't he? Even after that serious injury that he's had, it's been great to see him come back and uh, reach top form again. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's never a sprint. It's a marathon in itself and, and you need to build, but you, you say they've got better and better, you know, they've only lost one game. So it's, it's not been, it's not been a bad season in terms of the start that they had as well compared to the, you know, the season before. So, um, and you know what, like Andrew said, you know, at the end of last season, we never stop. Uh, it, it's certainly hasn't, you know, and Celtic have improved this year um, from last season. The stats tell you that as well. Um, and the performances and 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 the the depth of the squad uh, and the quality that they possess, you know, when certain players haven't reached their potential form at times, there's been others who have come in and stepped in. I don't think I've seen a a Celtic team have so so much uh, you know variables in it, um, particularly at the top end of the pitch where we found Maeda stepped in, Jota's come in, or Abada then steps in, Haksabanovic comes in. Uh, obviously Yakamakis was there at the start of the season now we've got O uh, and then obviously Kyogo's just been at the forefront of it all and then you go further back you can wax lyrical about Hatate as well he's been wonderful and obviously you know vital that he's back fit also Yeah, well, I think it's important for the group itself now that they've been to Hamden on quite a few occasions and, and come out with the victory, you know, and in the most important moments, uh, the majority of the time, only that one-off that they haven't. Um, but particularly this season, even with the new players that have come in, they've been there now, they know the surroundings, they know what it takes to win that match. And look, these games are always about the moments, you know, and it's if you can take those moments and really, really, you know, take control of the game in those and, and be ruthless within them. If you can, you win this game, you know, because both teams will have moments in these games. We've seen in the, the last game, it, it goes one way, it goes the other for 10 minutes, it swivels, the pressure comes, builds back on you. You know, once you've scored a goal, the other team need to come out a little bit more. Uh, can you sustain, you know, that pressure and then build and then and go and sucker punch them on the other end? So it is a little bit like a boxer match in terms of that and, and trying to work each other out. Uh, and I fully expect you know Celtic to come out the blocks very very quick and, and try and get on the for, on the front foot and and score that early goal. Yeah, look, I can see goals are plenty in this, so a lot of heart attacks um, in terms of you know hearts and mouth moments. But I'm going to say three one to the hoops. There you go, real positive okay. result and an entertaining one. And I think the shackles are off now as well. 
after obviously getting that victory at Celtic Park the other week. We've seen the performances rise, the levels go from there, and I'm fully expecting a, a big performance from the boys. For any victory at all, it doesn't matter how they come, no matter what my heart is going to have to go through, I will take it all, but that's perfect. Um, just to finish off on, Scott, I just wanted to, to go through some, some quick-fire questions before we let you leave. Yep. Um, just because we're sticking with that theme of 2008 from 15 years ago, so some questions about your teammates, some questions about some Derby memories and things as well. So we'll, we'll rattle through a few of them at the moment. Yep. So if you think back to your team in 2008, was it a, a teammate that was the biggest prankster or, or joker or the funniest in the, in the team? <laughs> you know what? I'd have to go with Chris Killen. Um, as much as everyone says Scott Brown, uh, Chris Killen used to load the bullets and Scotty was dumb enough to fire them. <laughs> okay. Is there a... I take it there's probably quite a few stories on there with, with both of them that you cannot hear. Bill and, Bill and Ben, the flower pot men, them too. They're unbelievable. <laughs> you know, uh, I remember Scott Brown got fined within four days of being a Celtic player because he absolutely drowned out Elvis's uh, um, hotel room with a big, huge bucket of water. <laughs> and Elvis come chasing him as well when he was hiding under his bed. <laughs> Oh, superb. Um, was there a, a teammate that was the angriest? And I think I've asked this a few people and they might have actually said yourself in this, Scott. I don't know how you take that. Probably. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, I've, I've, prob I've probably got to accept that. Uh, totally different, you know, white line. I'll, I'll say it's white line fever. I'm a nice guy. Look, yeah. I'm talking just now. But if you get me across the white line, I'll win at all costs. That was me. <laughs> Um, who was the best technician would you say in the team back then well that's that's an easy one and people still talk to him to this day and in, in Nakamura you know uh, look Aidan was very very close as well uh, but the complete player in that moment obviously Naka had years on him and at that time and um, but both of them were wonderful players to play with but but Naka just had just had everything you know for such a slight player you could never get the ball off him. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give you a scenario. So you can either go back to the 2-1 game and score the penalty to win it or go back to the 3-2 game and get the hat-trick to win it. What would you rather do? <laughs> oh, um, here we go. I'd probably rather do neither <laughs> because you don't know what the outcome... The outcome might have been different at the end of it. You know, never mind the success of the individual. So uh, everything happens for a reason. So there yes. you go. Very good. Uh, do you have a favourite goal in the derby for yourself personally? Yeah, look, I think the one at Ibrooks probably stands out for me, um, you know, in my second season, being that it was the only goal and, uh, it, you know, it was a pretty special one that, that people still talk about to this day. And, yeah, it's, it's certainly up there. It's probably one of my best goals I ever scored. Is that your favourite memory in the derby or is there, or is there something else, maybe a more collective one? Uh, look, I think it's probably my my favourite because it was, you know, in front of all the Celtic fans, you know, at Ibrooks as well, uh, what it meant at that moment, the, the New Year's derby. Um, we had a full end at that point, which was an amazing atmosphere uh, and the celebrations thereafter. It. So I, I think just, just as a whole, that game itself and the victory. Mm -hmm. Do you have any favourite derbies out with your time at Celtic, just watching on as a fan, any games that come to mind when you think of this game? Yeah, uh, the the six 
six two or six three was it? Um, yeah. The one where obviously Henrik obviously nutmegs Amoruso and, and then Dinks Dinks Kloss in the goal. Um, obviously Sutton scoring after about thirty seconds, if it was that. Um, in that game as well, his his first game for Celtic. Uh, that really stands out. I remember I was in the in my digs at the time uh, as a YTS at Southampton watching that game. We had a couple of Irish, <laughs> young Irish uh, boys over on trial as well. And I don't think the digs really knew what the hell was going on because everyone, the, the, the house almost fell over at that point, celebrating every goal that went in that day. It was, it was madness. <laughs> Brilliant. And I take it then for yourself, I know you're quite, a, quite far ahead as time difference wise, but will you get to watch this one on Sunday when it comes around? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we watch all these ones, no matter what the time is. Um, I, I enjoyed the, the last one. I actually went out with a couple of friends um, for that. I usually stay in to watch them. Um, I bumped into a, a couple of blue jerseys on the way out, which was which was interesting. Um, but uh, anytime we come away smiling, uh, it's always a good night. Yeah, no, hopefully, Scott, we've got another victory to, to talk about when the game's done on Sunday and we're into another final. But uh, for now, thank you so much, Scott, for, for taking the time out to go back to 2008. Again, I, I'm the same as you. I cannot believe that is 15 years ago. Um, but also to look ahead to this one as well. So thank you so much. And, and hopefully we're all cheering come Sunday. Absolutely. Thanks for, and thanks for having me as well. And uh, yeah, here's hoping to a treble. <laughs>